Okay, so this is uh, episode number 37 of Witch Police Radio. Sam wasn't around for this episode, so it was just John and I hosting. Um, Although I'm here for the intro. He is. I'm Rob, by the way. Yeah. Um, our guests were uh, Aaron Zagers and Rain Vermette. Um, Aaron Zagers is a filmmaker. I think that's his main gig now. He used to be in a band called Sit Down Tracy, uh, but his main focus is, is film now. He... Um, he started this this um, f- this film collective, I guess, with his friend Travis Cole. Okay. Um, and they do. It's called Open City, and they do they oh, do okay. screenings. I didn't he was, he yeah, was cool. They're doing like uh, Clifford, which will probably have be finished by the time. But they, they do like filmmakers from across Canada, and they did the Winnipeg Underground Film Festival, where they they showed a bunch of movies from a whole bunch of different filmmakers, and then they had like a dance party. Uh, attached to it and that's going to be an annual thing so cool. that's already happened this year so look out for it next year um and then our other guest rain vermette um is a filmmaker and also a dj she okay. she plays mainly like 90s hip-hop type stuff but she does play a lot of different genres as well um and she is currently working on a documentary about rob villar oh yeah okay so it's um, kind of cool yeah, I, th- I think. Interesting. Yeah, her, her and this this guy Damien Furlan, who we've who's also been on the show, he's on number twenty-eight. Yeah. yeah, they're making a documentary about Rob Villar, I guess. Okay. Um, um, so yeah, I mean, I guess he Rob Villar is a really interesting guy. Let me try to get him on the show. That would be cool. Yeah, he's got really really extensive music knowledge too, so it'd be cool to have him on the show. I like how we actually like uh, on some of these episodes recently we've been getting a lot of filmmakers on, uh, just because it's very different from. I mean, some of them play music too, right? But yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it's been a lot of the guests have been music, 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 music. And then it's yeah. like, oh, here's someone doing something else artistic and interesting. It's, yeah, uh, it is. It's, it expands, really I guess, cool. maybe the type of thing we're, we're talking about. And we got some more filmmakers coming up too, awesome. so yeah, that's cool. Yeah, it's interesting to be able to have people from different uh, areas of creativity. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I guess we should mention too that, like, if you want to uh, download any past episodes of the show, you should go to witchboost.com. And uh, there's a button at the top that says podcasts. Just click there, you can get all the archives. But if you want to subscribe to the show, uh, if you go to any of the Witch Police posts about the episode, there's a button at the top that says, uh, top of the post that says, subscribe in a reader. Click that, and it'll give you the option of uh, subscribing to like a feed. You can do it through iTunes, you can do it through a bunch of other readers you have, whatever. So can, and, you, uh, can you go to iTunes? No. Okay. So. It's not set up for that yet. I'd like okay. to do that eventually, but right now, if you go to the feed thing, there's an option to choose iTunes. Okay. So it'll do the same thing. So it'll just automatically, these shows start popping into your iTunes uh, okay. thing. And you'll get them actually, uh, at least right now, I've been able to keep up with this. You get them a day in advance if you subscribe. So subscribing's free. Uh, there's really no other reason to do it other than it saves you the trouble of looking every Thursday to find the episode. And you get them on Wednesdays instead. And uh, also follow us on Twitter at WitchPoliceFM. Yeah. And what's the Facebook? Facebook is Facebook.com slash WitchPoliceRadio. Okay, and um, that's everything? Yeah, we're going to play a song. Though. You, what we like to do usually is, I mean, you probably know this if you heard the show before, is we play a song if one of the guests is a musician or if there's something related to the theme or whatever, we play a song by them. So we're going to play a song from uh, Aaron's old band. Yes. Are they, are they still around? No, I don't think so. He's, I've talked to him about, you know, it's, it's difficult for anyone to maintain a band, I think. And even the bands who do get off the ground a little bit, it's almost like a bit of alchemy is yeah, going yeah. on to even make it work yeah 
Um, so yeah, they're not around anymore. But uh, you know, they had a good run. I actually never saw them live. No, did I heard them? I saw some YouTube footage of them live. Oh, did you? I never really heard their music at all, but I saw the name everywhere. Yeah, they like, seemed they seemed like they were getting a lot of uh, attention anyway. Like they yeah. were playing a lot of shows at least. Like, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, we'll play a song by them. And uh, and uh, yeah, the band's called Sit Down Tracy. Yeah. And uh, this is Witch Police Radio episode number thirty-seven. All of the days sing all the time. Do you want to, or do you have to? I leave them be. The whims help themselves. The days don't know that. Never know that. Can't tell. I've been sleepy all the while, losing mass with every mile into the downshift.
This is Witch Police Radio. Episode unknown. Right, and uh, today we have two guests. Um, Rain Vermette, that's your name, right? Yeah, that's my name. <laughs> DJ you. and filmmaker. Mm-hmm. And then Aaron Zegers. Present. Uh, musician and filmmaker. Yeah, yeah. All right, filmmaker, so... Filmmaker, musician. Yeah. <laughs> So you were, you were in Sit Down Tracy, right? Yeah, I was, yeah. And what did you play in that band? Uh, I played a variety of instruments. I played bass and uh, mainly, but also guitar, banjo, and, and uh, some on the recording of some violin. Cool. Yeah. And you're also a film guy? Uh, yeah, yeah, that's mainly what I do these days. I haven't been uh, playing a lot of music uh, recently, but uh, yeah, a filmmaker as well. What are you working on these days? Uh, a couple of different things, like as many things as I can. Kind of, I'm in the middle of editing a documentary I'm making for uh, the local broadcaster MTS uh, about Harlequin romance novels, which started in Winnipeg. Which uh, obviously, few people probably know. Wow. Know uh, it's it was, it's a it's a wild trip. That's for sure. Like seeing is that band because that band Harlequin is they named themselves after that for that reason. I, I think mean. so. Yeah, I believe they did, and they have the of course the the song I. Did it for love or whatever, right? Oh, yeah. Which would be amazing to use in this film, but uh, we contacted them, and I guess like uh, whatever major studio was that had the rights to them is would require thousands of dollars mm-hmm. that we don't have to right. use that song. But, yeah. Still think they're big shots, eh? They think they're big shots. <laughs> son of the guns. Yeah. Hey. And uh, Rain, you're a DJ and you make films. What are you working on these days? What am I working on? Uh, I'm working on a doc as well. Uh, it's on Rob Villar, local DJ, musician, quadruple threat, I was, I'd like to say. So I think we'd all like to say that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and are you DJing anywhere? I guess this podcast isn't going to air for like two months. So it doesn't <laughs> yeah. Are you, are you DJing anywhere in two months? <laughs> doubt, doubt it. <laughs> you, whatever. You totally will be. So what are, what are, you, what are your guys' involvement in like Open City? Um, well, that was something that like I kind of started with uh, another guy, Travis Cole, and then Scott Fitzpatrick got on board. Uh, has has done a lot of stuff with uh, with us too. It's basically just like a uh, ongoing screening series of uh, kind of underground or underground avant garde cult uh, rarity films, right? Um, so we sometimes do short film programs, sometimes we do features, um, and usually it's curated by one person or maybe collectively as our group and uh, we just finished doing the Winnipeg Underground Film Festival uh, which went ran I guess from June 14th to 16th this year and we had uh, over 50 films from around the world playing there uh, yeah. yeah so basically we're just trying to kind of do some additional programming of stuff that we see that we really like and that should be playing here and sometimes you know, there's not a lot of venues for uh, these kind of underground, self-financed kind of. Uh, so that'll be films. like an annual festival. That's the idea. Yeah. Nice. How often do you put on just open city stuff? Ideally. Uh, well, over the summer here, it's going to be happening every two weeks to a month. I think like we're pretty packed up right now, actually, until probably uh, October or November. We have yeah, like uh, we're going to be showing uh, Clifford later this month. Uh, the Martin Short film that's Ryan Simmons uh, doing right there <laughs> the, op- the Open City Light screening as he has dubbed it so and then uh, yeah we're doing uh, yeah just a whole bunch of other stuff that we'll be announcing obviously you can find us on uh, we have a tum- Open City Cinema has a Tumblr and a Facebook uh, page or whatever it is so just so. search Open City on Facebook Open City Tumblr Cinema yeah oh yeah totally yeah okay so uh, 
I, sh- I guess I should have said for, <laughs> for hosts, it's just uh, Rob and John today. Sam can't make it. Um, Sam usually does the intros. That's why it's we don't not know what so we're smooth. Yeah. yeah. But for first time listeners, uh, we use a uh, random word generator to pick a theme for the show and then select songs, of course, based somehow on that theme. This week's theme is Alley. Alley. Yeah, I was going to play the theme song to Kate and Alley, but then I. I realized that Ali in that show is spelled differently, <laughs> so I didn't I didn't choose that song. So uh, why don't one of you two go first? Do you guys want to volunteer a song first? I want to go first. I don't care. You want to do rock paper scissors for it? Okay, sure. Okay, ready? One, two, three. Oh, one, <laughs> two, three. Oh. You go first. So I go first. Okay. Uh, I guess I'll play first because I think I, I think we were talking about this on Canada Day actually, or we were talking. Uh, Kid Koala came up or something. I can't oh, remember. Right. I think it did. did yeah, yeah, I think so. so I was gonna play. Uh, uh, you know what happens in a back alley? Uh, fender bender maybe. Oh, so yeah, I was nice. thinking of uh, that would be the the first one. Yeah. Creative. Yes, yes. I like it. Okay, well we've had a long intro. Should we just get into the song? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Fender bender. Go, go left, up, right. Up, right, down, right, up, right, down, right, down, left, head for the fruit, then finish off the dots.
Fender Bender by Kid Koala. So, Aaron, tell us, why did you choose Fender Bender? Uh, I guess because, I don't know, it seemed to suit the theme well enough, but kind of be a little bit uh, not exactly it, I guess. Um, How did you get into Kid Koala? Uh, well, I think, we, yeah, like I said, we were talking about it on Canada Today, and I, and, uh, I just remember seeing him live. I, I was never like a huge fan, but I saw him live at the, when he played at the Collective uh, a while, like, uh, you know, when, when that was still around, so that was years ago at this oh, the point. Yeah. The Collective, yeah, yeah. Was that, like, the first time you kind of, like, got into him, or had you known who he was? I, I had known that? who he was, and, uh, yeah, I, I think I had already downloaded the album or whatever, or, you know, whatever. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that, that, it was that show that definitely made me a fan of him. It was super wild. He had three turntables, he's just flipping records on and off, like, yeah. just so fluidly, you know, and, yeah. It was a great show. Yeah, it's crazy when show. DJs make things look really natural. And then yeah, exactly. If you actually DJ, you realize that's ridiculous. It's really. T- it must be really yeah. difficult because he's doing all these loops off off of turntables. You know, it seems insane. I, I did see him as well. I guess when he was in town with the Slu. I think that was actually a couple can days ago. And uh, that show wasn't as good. <laughs> I'll say that much. It was actually at the Pyramid, and oh, okay. uh, and it was inside. Yeah, on Canada Day, but. Uh, yeah, not and no. uh, not as uh, not did not enjoy that one as much. Okay. No. <laughs> you tried. I tried. Mm. Yeah, that's all he can ask from you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, those Australians, I think. Are, are the slew Australian? <laughs> I, well, it was like a mashup of like what band, like Mother something something. This Australian band. Oh no, no, yeah. It was like I the bass sure player and drummer right. from this Australian so rock, rock band, heavy, and it's him, yeah, doing some like additions to their rock, you know, yeah, music yeah. kind of. And it was. I think I checked out a video for it. And I was like, no, yeah. maybe not. And he kind of like did this impromptu uh, intro before, just by himself, and it was kind of like it seemed a little off the cuff. And you guys, uh, you guys know DJ Cubert? No. He's uh, he's like the scratch DJ. He's like kind of I think he's kind of the standard for yeah, a lot of guys. Yeah, yeah. And he played in at the Pyramid, and it was funny because he. Um, you know, Gaslamp Killer was just here, and Gaslamp Killer does that like night in LA called uh, the Low End Theory, and like Cubert yeah. plays that all the time. And so I think Cubert's got into like, you know, this like playing club stuff and like doing club mixing. But when he played at the Pyramid, there was like 
there was like 20 dudes there and he was just like so do you guys want me to play club music or you just want me to scratch and everyone was like just scratch so it was like everyone was standing like he was standing as far away from me as John is right now and yeah. I just got to watch him like scratch Go for nice. an hour and a half and it was yeah. there were only wow. 20 people there yeah like literally like oh, it was, it, there was nobody there yeah Oh, Brutal. Like then they're never gonna come back. Yeah, like, that's yeah. It. he hasn't been back, and yeah. that was the no, yeah, time yeah, no, no, I guess. Yeah, maybe if Jazz Fest brought him, it would work. But mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. There's been a lot of like terrible promotion for shows that should have more people at them. Over, it's, like over the years, it's Winnipeg. It's just like a pretty is a small demographic or something. It's I don't know. It's, it's, it's tough yeah. to get people. It's tough know. to get people out sometimes. Well, Winnipeg's just, just Winnipeg's just a big small city or a small town, small right? Town, yeah. Where it's like people aren't very experimental, you know. Yeah. Like, do you, were you guys at Peanut Butter Wolf? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I heard that he wasn't really playing anything crazy, too, because it was just like what the crowd wanted. Yeah, he... Yeah, well, it felt like he, like, started stretching his legs out, you know, played Sash Gainesville, and... Yeah. Then, like, you could you could see, the, like, the crowd kind of, you know, whatever, and he, he tried another track and it went into, like, hip-hop. You know? Yeah. It was, just, it was fun, though. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, it was cool, yeah. I'm sorry I missed it, but. It's all right. I forgive you. Thank you. Yeah. You're welcome. So let's play the next song. Who's Rain, next? Do you want to play a song? Sure. What are you gonna play? I'm gonna play a song by Semi Sevens called "You Better Watch Your Step." Cool. I'm intimidated. Mm-hmm. Why did you choose it for this um, episode? Uh, I don't know. I just have this like running playlist of like songs that I would put in movies for indeterminate scripts but they'd be specific scenes mm. and this one would be like a total alley like an alley scene yeah that's cool what kind of an alley scene like because a lot of things can go down in, in an alley alley yeah i think you'll be able to tell okay yeah. <laughs> yeah. we should li- we should yeah. listen and then if we still don't get it then yeah, we then can we'll ask you yeah exactly yeah. Sure we can okay. always come up with so, our own vision so do you, can you sorry i forgot what it was called can you introduce it one more time and then sammy sevens you better watch your step
All right, we're back. Sammy Sevens, watch your step. Whoa. For the alley scene of your movie. Yeah. The intro, especially. So what would be happening? I think you have to explain. What would be happening <laughs> in yeah, the alley? Yeah, we talked. Um, some, like, sinister altercation, probably, between, like, a male and female. Or, like, it, or like some stalker kind of stuff, you know? Whoa. Yeah. Because yeah, it sounds like by the end they're like friends, <laughs> like pretty. Well, I was like, you know, the intro, or whatever, yeah. but which we spoke through, so. No, yeah, no, I got, I got the feel <laughs> from the intro. Yeah, yeah no, something, something like stalker for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Who is this? Uh, I don't know, like some. It's off some soul comp that I had. Okay. Kinda, yeah. Someone stalking Burton Cummings who yeah, back alleys of Winnipeg. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Like, where you'll find him, yeah. <laughs> Burton Cummings stalking someone. someone. I don't know if like Burton Cummings has the like focus to stalk someone. I feel like he's the type of person. Be like, look would... at that butterfly. Actually, yeah. I, uh, is that a beer bottle? Does it still have some in it? I worked in the mall and would see him frequently, like walking past the store I was working at, and then always wondered what he was doing and a few years later a friend of mine was like yeah he, like my hairdresser works at the salon next to that store and he was obsessed with her and he'd like oh, weird. and he'd like come in singing and just like just like come in singing or the woman who like saw him getting his shoe shined at the airport <laughs> and she said are you Burton Cummings and he responded uh, well someone's gotta be yeah. <laughs> classy it was pretty funny it's classy <laughs> yeah yeah. Uh, One time I saw him at the, what is that bar on like St. Mary's downtown? Is it the Palomino? No, like the Pony Corral. Is that oh, what it yeah, is? Yeah, yeah. For some yeah, reason I was there, and he was working the boards like for the band. Oh yeah. And he had like he had two beers in each of his coat pockets and a beer in his hand. <laughs> Amazing. And uh, I was like, holy shit, that's Burton Cummings. And I was with people from work or whatever, and I was like. At, like I was just at some point I was like, okay, I'm gonna go. But like this guy I worked with was obsessed with like the, the guess who he thought they were so good, so he stuck around to talk to Burton Cummings. And Burton Cummings apparently like I guess maybe he was just really drunk, but he just like talked to this guy until like three in the morning. They were just like he's telling so many stories. Yeah, yeah. that's like, that's yeah. totally sounds like the stories we've heard about. And Burton Cummings. This, <laughs> this one story he told was about how they went to like California to play this huge festival, and it was like the Doors were headlining and. And they got there on like a Friday, and they're supposed to play on Sunday or something. And and so when Burton Cummings got there, he just did a bunch of acid. Oh my god! And then like 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 kind of when he was peaking, I guess one the other band members was like, "Hey, we have to go on now." And he's like, "Oh shit! I thought we played in two days." And they're like, "I guess we play yep. now." Maybe it was two days. Later. Yeah, yeah, maybe who knows? And then like so the first song, he just like does this like huge flute solo and he's like really vibing he's really into it <laughs> and then and, and apparently apparently Amazing. at the end of the song one of the one of the band members comes over to him and just grabs the flute and goes that's enough flute for today Burton <laughs> oh my god Amazing wow, wow. Bert, there's so many funny Burton stories holy yeah. his piano they have his piano or I think yeah I think it's his piano yeah, in, this, in the, the Sal's house the, the new Sal's house is that which like one is soulless? It's it's the right. one that someone got shot oh, in the yeah. head in or whatever down oh, yeah, on Pemina. Yeah. Uh, that's yeah. that's fitting. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty wild. Uh, they didn't get the piano though. Yeah, 
I have, a, I have a friend who works at Custom Culture, and he actually kept a, like a Burton Cummings hockey card in his bag at work because he used to always come in and get banana flavored papers when he was in, when he was in town, I guess, or whatever. He'd go to Custom Culture and get banana flavored papers. Weird. And uh, and uh, he actually got him to sign it one day when he came in. So it's probably worth like $10, bucks. Yeah. <laughs> who put out his hockey card? Uh, it was a save the save the jets campaign or whatever when oh, he did yeah. like the oh. it was like uh, yeah he did a commercial and he like pl- played or I think he did a hockey pra- a practice with the jets or something yeah well there's for sure that footage of him like putting on the jersey exactly and, stuff, and like yeah. stumbling around on the ice yeah I think it's in Cooper's on the glass that filmed that Rankin and uh, yeah and, and all those guys yeah yeah I finally watched that like not too long ago for so the first good. time it's really good yeah yeah it's awesome Rob Pilar's amazing in it yeah yeah. Yeah, that's a great little bit. All right, well, let's move on. Play another song. I'm gonna play a Perubu song um, called Dub Housing. Yeah. And the reason I'm playing it is because uh, it's written about they were on tour and they're in their van in Baltimore, and I guess they're driving down the street and I guess all the all the houses in Baltimore are just like brick and they're all like built together. So there's like these crazy echoes and they would like, as they were driving down the street, they would like yell out and it would echo and it was like kind of like this dub thing. So they like wrote a song about this street and then called the album Dub Housing after it. Um, yeah, so I don't know, I guess we'll play it. Dub Housing Per Ubu. Oh yeah. Thank you. 
Dub housing by Perubu. Um, th- Perubu's from like Cleveland, and I find it like really interesting just reading about it because it seems like it's really similar to Winnipeg in a lot of ways. Because, um, like, in the early 20th century, Cleveland was kind of like like a boom city because there was they did so much um, steel there, and uh, like. Akron, which was, like, not too far away, was, like, a rubber town. So, like, between the two cities, like, they, they're making so much money through, like, automobiles. And then, like, through the wars, they're making tons of money mm-hmm. from war machines or whatever. But then, like, in the 70s, when I guess the, f- like, initial, like, oil thing, like, fell apart and oil started being really expensive... Like Cleveland and Akron just like collapsed, uh-huh. and so you had like this this row of like houses in Cincinnati, which were like houses that were owned by like people like um, um, Rockefeller and like people like from New York who also had houses in Cincinnati, uh-huh. and that's like they had houses in since or sorry Cleveland I'm, it keeps getting them confused it's Cleveland but like where where they would, like, house their, like, second families because they would have their family in New York and then these, like, billionaires from New York would have a second family in, like, Cleveland. And then when it collapsed, you know, the houses just were all sold or whatever and that became kind of, like, the place where people did drugs and there was, like, the red light district. And so one of the members of Perubu was, like, a trust fund baby and he got this inheritance or he got this trust fund money and what he did, first thing he did was buy a really expensive synthesizer and then he spent two years in a farmhouse learning how to play the synthesizer. And then he bought this house, which was on this row where, like, Rockefeller had a house. And he just put it, like, super cheap rent for all his artist friends. And that's where everyone from Perubu lived. And that's where they would jam, too. And, like, they're kind of like these bourgeois kids who just, like, had this kind of free ride to make this, like, artistic music. Yeah. And so they really... Like, there, there was one point where they could have been famous, but they just totally decided to keep going more and more avant-garde. And they would even say in, in interviews that the only reason that they could become so avant-garde is because they come from privilege. And, like, you know, if you're stuck from, like, a lesser privileged background, you're just trying to stuck trying to get out of your circumstance. Yeah. And I think you brought that up before, that sort of idea of, yeah, having the means to experiment kind of mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, there's a definitely yeah, it's super interesting. Because some people just experiment because that's what they have to do. That's sort of where they're. Mm-hmm. Well, it depends what your it depends what your goal is, right? If you're like from a place where you you need to make money to eat, and you you see like 
doing art or like sports or whatever. Yeah, being an artist probably isn't the best. Or if you're going to do it, you're going to do it a certain way, right? Whereas if you can just make art and then not worry about money, whether it be because you're educated and you you can get a fine job and do art in the evenings, or if you're lucky enough, you don't even need to have a job, then you can experiment all you want. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter if people get it or not. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. But yeah, kind of, sorry, like, I was kind of touching on it before, but Cleveland kind of reminds me of Winnipeg, to, from what, I've never been there, but from what I read, just because it was kind of the city that was going to be a boom town, and then just kind of fucking collapsed, and it just... It sounds a lot like Detroit, too, it's yeah. not like Detropia recently, this Yeah, I've been, I've been meaning to watch that, yeah. Yeah, it's good, it's yeah. interesting, yeah, like, uh... It's, it's nice, like, images of... Oh, for sure, crazy like, houses, just like these houses being torn down, and yeah. yeah, that was one of the more interesting parts, like talking to like these guys you know these demo dudes that are tearing down houses all, like all day every day like mm-hmm. or scavengers people just like going into you know torn apart sites and like trying to get metal or whatever out of it you know yeah. Detroit seems like a really interesting place too because there's that whole culture of people who are going into these abandoned buildings and there's like a name exactly. for it I can't remember what it's Squatting called or, uh, not because <laughs> they're not living there but they're just like going to explore yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. and like um, there was actually this story a few years ago about this one building in Detroit where it would in the winter, it would freeze over, and people would play hockey in there. Crazy. Oh. And there's one this one year they're in there, and they saw an arm coming up from the ice, and it was like a murdered body. Uh. But no one wanted to tell the police because th- it was illegal that they were there. Yeah, they were in there, yeah. and they wanted to keep playing hockey. Well, I, they didn't want to get arrested themselves. Yeah. yeah. Sure. It's kind of want to go to Detroit, but like, like know someone who's from Detroit totally. who can really show yeah. me around. Don't um, go. Yeah, there's, there's like that's like Mexico City too. Like I really want to visit <laughs> Mexico City, but with someone who knows yeah. Mexico yeah, City, exactly, yeah. Yeah. Like, I gotta want to just go there and like look for stuff. Yeah. And they're just completely yes. murdered. Do you know where I could find a good time? Yeah. <laughs> 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 like, I got two hundred yeah. bucks. What can we do? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I got all the money in the world. <laughs> I'm from Canada. Yeah, exactly. Nothing yeah. can hurt me. Let's go there with a backpack full of Canada. Like yeah, exactly. No yeah. Be safe, yeah. Canadian ambassador for that. Yeah. All right, let's play another song. Totally. All right, I'll play a tune by the Silver Jews called uh, Smith and Jones. For, Smith and Jones Forever, maybe. Uh, it's off their album American Water, and uh, I picked it because there's a line that mentions alleys that I like. It's my neighbor's dog. Also likes the line. Um, He's a fan. As a fan, um, and yeah, I, they have like five, like maybe six albums. This is the only one I've ever had, uh, and I like it quite a bit. I don't know if you guys are familiar with the, the Silver Jews, yeah. Because um, their singer, um, he's got some poetry published. Actually, my roommate has one of his books. So I was flipping through it this afternoon, and uh, Steve Malcolmus or Stephen, it's Cruise Night. Stephen Malcolmus from uh, Pavement is. In the band, okay. but they had started uh, Silver Jews uh, a little bit before this, before that, and then uh, Pavement became this big like '90s indie yeah. rock band. And so, I don't know if it was because of that, but the Silver Jews never toured until after like their fifth album. They yeah. just recorded, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, they. Finally I wonder when like a band or like someone who's famous for something else publishes a poetry book. I wonder how many of those poetry books they print. Because you got to be thinking, you're really <laughs> only going to sell it to, like, hardcore fans. Hardcore fans, yeah. yeah. Well, no, I think he is, like, 
he was a writer before. Oh no, I don't know. They started the band while they were in like university, but he's been like a writer the whole time and has published stuff kind of the whole way. Like I think mm-hmm. he's had he's, he's had some accolades for his, his poetry. Mm-hmm. So it's not just like you know a singer songwriter deciding to publish yeah. some. He's not Michael Jordan playing baseball. Or <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, and still like till this day, I think he's kind of recognized as recognized for that. Well, I don't. I don't know how. Like, I'm not sure how, even how much he's published. I think quite a like you know a few books and stuff um, here and there yeah. here and there just dabble. But I wonder if there's <laughs> lots of people who like his poetry but not his music. Yeah, well, sort like just reading over some of the stuff today, like the the sentiment that you get from his lyrics and from the poetry is the same. Do you think there's a lot of people who like Gord Downing's poetry but not the Tragically Hip? Yeah. I doubt. I really <laughs> doubt it. I really <laughs> doubt it. I hope like. not. <laughs> uh, yeah, and it, well, he's not a very good singer, actually. So maybe there are people who prefer to just read it. But um, <laughs> people that really love Canadiana. <laughs> oh, not not Gordowney. No, uh, yeah, this is David David Berman is the the singer for Silver Jews. But um, what was I gonna say? Uh, yeah, I think he's just writing now. He the band they disbanded in like two thousand and nine, and I don't think he's doing any music projects these days. He's over it. He's alright, working on other things. Um, and yeah, I'd watched, I was just watching some interviews with him today, and like, this was after they had already, I think, disbanded, or more later on when they had started touring, but when he was talking about not touring, it's because, I guess, Pavement, who was his, you know, sort of guitarist's other band, they were touring with like Pearl Jam and opening for like these kind of really big groups, and so the focus became a lot on the guitarist from Pavement in this band. It's like hardcore logo. Hmm. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, so connections. Yeah, <laughs> they're everywhere. Uh, so that you know, that's that was like what he was saying after the fact. But I could see that being like, you know, a factor not wanting to just put on a show for your guitarist or something. Yeah, I wonder how hard that would be too. Like if you were in a band, you know, like it'd be easier if you were if you were in a band and and you grew up with a guy who ended up touring with Pearl Jam and your band was just like kind of puttering along, yeah. and you could ignore it, it'd be fine. But like to have that guy in your band. It'd be kind of annoying. It'd be like a constant, like yeah. reminder of that you're kind of a failure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Group dynamics can be challenging, right? There's yeah. these power struggles. For sure, it's like any relationship, really, I guess. But uh, but yeah, it's it's you know it can be tough be working with you know like I was in a band with like five other people for for years, probably four or five years, I think, and you know it went really well, you know, for the most part. But you know, it's it's well, tough because like, you're doing their own. Well, we, we were all, like, the th- thing with that band, too, is that we were all kind of, like, writing songs and bringing stuff forward, and then kind of, like, so it was a very communal kind of project, you know? Mm-hmm. How did you but, guys uh, start off as a band, like? We actually started off uh, just kind of, like, it was just one of the person kind of, like, came, like, had a bunch of songs and wanted to start a band, and uh, so we kind of just started around that, but then as we, after, you know, as we kind of matured as a band, it was, it, we all started bringing in songs, and that's when stuff really got... And that this is Sit Down Tracy? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So was it like the first band that you were all into? Like, I, I played in like, you know, like random or with friends or stuff growing up. But that was the first serious project I was, I right. was in musically, yeah. yeah. I, right, because I think there kind of has to be that... It sounds like there's kind of an egalitarian thing going on when you formed. Like, I was in a group where, like, one of the guys in the group, kind of like the main vocalist, was... He was a lot older than me, and he'd yeah. been a lot through a lot more things, and like yeah, was yeah. more experienced. Yeah. And I feel like he kind of there was kind of a like a power like off, like unbalance or imbalance yeah, yeah, between yeah. us, yeah, yeah. which kind of 
like frustrated me because like I was doing so much of the bulk of the work but he was still because of his experience like kind of had this power over me which was yeah created yeah. like intense I think it completely changed within our band like the kind of like those dynamics throughout the course of the band like it, did someone become a rock star in the band or? no like like but it certainly like at, at one point like the one person was in charge it seemed to be more in charge and then then uh, that person kind of stopped writing songs and then someone else like and then I started writing a lot of songs and like uh, some, and some other people started writing a lot of songs and then and then uh, near the end I you know like it was like some you know one or two of the people started like controlling you know kind of what was happening and yeah. I was fine with that you know what I mean it's just it was just constantly shifting and like yeah it, you know it's, it's super wild how, how, how like Looks. stuff kind of happens yeah yeah I wonder about it for like a band where there's a principal songwriter if it's like and the singer and everyone else maybe they, they'll probably contribute but like yeah. they're still playing this other person's Stuff. work yeah. so like because I was watching some interviews today with David Berman towards like you know when they're the band was still touring and stuff and it was everyone from the band was sitting around but it was like the person was asking him questions and he was just yeah. talking the other people were just kind of like sitting there yeah. and it's because well he's writing all the songs he's yeah. kind of the published person there's yeah. always those like funny interviews with bands like the ones that stick in my head right now are Green Day and Smashing Pumpkins <laughs> where, <laughs> where they would like try to have band interviews and then like the singers would just like take over yeah like I remember this <laughs> I remember this one Green Day interview I used to watch a lot of much music I yeah, wasn't a Green Day fan yeah yeah, yeah. No, I hear you, I hear you. But, uh, but so like they were interviewing Green Day and it was like from the point where it was like maybe Dookie or past Dookie so they were like a big famous band yeah. and they were talking they were like the interviewer was trying to ask them about how they felt about being maybe labeled sellouts because they came from this punk background and now they're like this kind of huge band and like two of the like the bassist or the drummer like kind of started to answer and then like the singer just like put his arm across him he's like no we don't answer these kinds of questions we don't have to apologize to anyone and Amazing. it was like yeah it was great and Smashing Pumpkins? Well, Billy, yeah, I remember Billy like Corgan's on Let Some Get a Word in that. Yeah, no, of <laughs> have course. You, yeah, yeah, have you, like, I saw, or I heard Billy Corgan on, uh, it's his project, on Q so. lately, because he's yeah. reformed Smashing Pumpkins. I know, it's, yeah. No, but it's none just, of the he's the only, yeah, it's the only one. Yeah, yeah. it's pretty wild. Yeah. He's, like, he, he's kind of, like, intelligent, but he's also, like, more of a dick than he is intelligent, I think. Yeah, the dick I think that's probably the accurate statement, yeah, yeah. And he's got kind of this like elitist thing going, right? Where he thinks that uh, the music industry is in shambles because anyone can put a record out, and whereas he's he's someone that you should want to listen to music by because he's you know he's a professional and he's because Swan was so good, right? That's why that's why you should care about what Billy Corgan's doing now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but I, I don't know. I, I, there should be people with like these. Like attitudes, and I don't, I don't know about that. <laughs> I, I yeah, think that's what balances it out. Like some people are really humble. Other oh people yeah, are, yeah, you know, he can do what he wants, right? Like whatever, whatever, the, people whatever the hell he wants. Like, yeah. rock but those, but, but those power dynamics is, are what, like, why there's perpetual war, right? right. Like, it's, <laughs> it's kind of interesting when you're talking about like how you know when one person seems to control the band, maybe things even go more smoothly, and it, it makes me think of like how a film set kind of works, where there really is like. Sure often like one director or person that kind yeah. of is supposed to be able to conceptualize and tell everyone you know well, that's what's going to happen that's yeah. the good thing about like because I always think about how, how like how many difficulties I had working in a band with like other people mm -hmm. and about how much more difficult that must be on a film set but at the same time like you said like 
there is a director, right? So that's like everyone knows who the director is, yeah. and the director knows he's the director. Whereas in a band, you don't. Yeah, yeah. I think when well, that's the case, it simplifies things a little bit. Well, that's yeah, it's kind of, and I mean, like you can't always do that. Like I loved being in a, like a collaboration with like all these other really talented musicians and, and, and stuff and have them add to the songs that I brought forward and stuff but uh, but yeah at the end of the day you know that the you know dictatorial uh, method is uh, is you know like the film set method you know is, yeah. uh, it seems to be it seems to work anyways most and, of the time yeah. yeah it's like group, well making decisions as a group like the more it's people just, there are the harder it is exactly. the more you need sort of like to a, deliberate an executive and, yeah. to, to make it happen all right, so should we check out a, a tune here? This is a yeah, it's you, one oh. of you two guys. No, Sorry. I was going to play Smith & Jones <laughs> Forever by The Silver Tunes. Oh, that's right. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, we never okay. played it Sure, yet. I guess so. Welcome back. <laughs> here we Let's go. Play it. Forever and ever Together forever 
Alright, so that was uh, Smith & Jones Forever, Silver Juice. Every time you say Smith & Jones, I think you're going to play a Smith & Wesson song. You get really pumped up. Sorry, man. <laughs> and you well, have to so call it down. Not this episode. Well, I'll only disappoint you a couple more times before the fights through. The song was good, but it wasn't Smith & Wesson, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I picked it because of the, the line, uh, the alleys are the footnotes of the avenues. And it's kind of about, like, two kind of homeless guys wandering the streets. Mm-hmm. And I also like the line... Uh, when the sun sets on the ghetto, all the broken stuff gets cold. Like that. So, do you guys want to hear a, uh, a David Berman poem? Let's hear a poem. Ah, oh, Jesus. This is out from the book, uh, the collection Actual Air. This is sh- I tried to find a short one. Thank My God. roommate happened to have the book. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, some, yeah. Okay, so this is called, uh, If There Was a Book About This Hallway. This is the closest I could come to an alley. Uh, it would start, There is a road within the home, some pine slats in the corner and lamps along the walls that give the path an endlessness at night. I remember the day I left the meter man standing in the hall. In my room, I drew his hard apple face as he waited in the cold shade. No matter how slight, it is a scene from history, a scene from the the book. Are dreams set in hallways because the perspective is screwed, or because they are the long, open, unused stages in our homes? The hallway was a dry riverbed I dreamed one night, an Indian turnpike on another, and it may have been those things before the house was here. I never heard the meter man leave, but saw he was gone when I went out to hang his sketch on the wall. Sour furniture-polished winds rolled down the dark corridor, once a fur where each door now stands. If Christ had died in a hallway, we might pray in hallways, or wear little golden hallways around our necks. How can it still be unwarmed after so many passings, and outdoors that is somehow indoors? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is for the reading or for the poem? It's for the poem. Okay. Yeah. Um... I'm not sure if I had anything else to say about the Silver Jews. I think you said plenty. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure there was something else. I don't remember. Uh, public executions? Yeah, we were talking about that earlier. That's, you know. Up for debate. Up for debate. It'd be weird. Yeah. Yeah. Would you go? Would it work as a question? Well, it's would, a thing, right? It's would, kind would of the people of Winnipeg go? It's kind of a, like a nonsensical question, right? Because if it was the type of thing you would go to, it would be the type of thing that everyone mm-hmm. was going to. Yeah. But it's like if they just did it like now, it'd be horrific, and everyone yeah. there'd be an outrage. It would never happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's not really it's not really a question you can ask, right? Can't put it into yeah. Right, yeah there's no context. like you're basically because if you're if you're responding yes, you're either like a shit disturber who wants a reaction, or you're a fucking psycho. <laughs> yeah, no fucking kidding. <laughs> But, uh, you know, John was saying off air that he thinks there should be public executions. Uh, no, public no, no. Lashings. Yeah, no, no. The so, yeah, I heard a debate a little while ago about having an option. Like, if you're arrested for something that isn't, like, terribly malicious. Like, you, have, you know, not, like, killing someone or something like that. It's like but, attempted rape, not rape. Uh, <laughs> 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 not full on. Boys will be boys. <laughs> <laughs> but something that, like, you would... Go to you know like a maybe a, a drug trafficking offense or something like you would go to jail for oh well, well, six years because sorry okay. something similar happens in the states right where if you get caught shoplifting you have to wear a sandwich board outside that store public <laughs> shaming it's public. it's the worst it's like put them in the stock it's so bad like because you're basically just making that person feel like an outsider and yeah so you're just like begging them to commit crime again because they already f- you're making them mm, feel like an outsider oh. so they feel like an outsider so they, yeah. they don't feel like you're they belong disenfranchised yeah. the system they're not going to have some sort of like a like next time they're potentially going to shoplift remember like I don't know holding the sandwich board well like, ah, I don't well, they might I want to do that again. Yeah, yeah. for sure. That's, that's kind of the yeah. Yeah, I think that a lot of the people who would probably be shoplifting would probably just yeah. They're gonna 
Shoplifters will shoplift. Because I don't think people who, like, commit crimes, for the most part, aren't people, like, in a store, like, oh, I can buy this, or I'll steal it. It's, like, people who are mentally ill or in... Alright, so we were interrupted uh, by the memory card filling up, but we're back. No big deal. You'll never know what we were talking about after. Yeah, exactly. We were talking about shoplifting or something, but whatever. John went we're over it crazy now. crazy neo Nazi I really Yeah, yeah exactly. I'm glad, that, I'm glad that's off the record. Yeah, forever. exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, uh... Anyway... Um, one of you should play a song. I guess I'll play, uh, uh, the next song. And that song is mm-hmm. going to be... Uh-huh. <laughs> yes. It will Dead be. End Street by the Kinks. <laughs> Dead End Street. Yeah. yeah. Dead End Street by the Kinks. Yeah. Great. And um, what made you choose this? I one? don't know. Yeah, I, I just kind of like uh, I I used to really be into the Kinks years ago, and uh, I mean they have they have so much stuff that you know made music for, for decades. Did or they? Uh, I I listened to the Kinks for like I had like a phase, but I only I had like a mix that I had made of like the songs that I liked. They seem yeah. they seem to I never listened to later stuff where it seemed to get. They're, strange and dense. It, it's interesting because there's it, there really is like good stuff all throughout it, and I mean mm. you know uh, you know uh, whatever you could probably uh, like, you know watch the Wes Anderson films and, and, and chronicle the change in their music <laughs> throughout the years. What are but, some uh, of their most famous songs? Uh, well, I guess like their their early, early big hits were you know you really got me and uh, is it called All of the Night? Like all all day and all the night or whatever, and uh, you really got me. You really got me. Lola. Yeah, Lola was their big hit. Sunny Afternoon was kind of like a B side. That, that, that's yeah. you know, uh, you know they, but they had like I mean you know there's like I said you know, there's there's a lot of stuff there and there's some really good stuff. They're kind of like garage pioneers in a way, right? They were yeah. Well, they were actually uh, they're banned from playing in the United States for a while because of their kinky dress and whatever. So that's why they called the Kinks. They all were they all were all le- leather and like leather caps and they call themselves the Kinks because they dress kinkier because they got banned from the USA uh, no because, yeah they were called the kinks all along I, bu- I believe I mean this is like all like stuff in my mind from I probably read off Wikipedia you know like 10 years ago but <laughs> right terrible stuff like clothing to perform in yeah you would you would think like what like yeah. leather pants you're saying that yeah like they said that they were like kind of, like they dressed in a lot of leather and yeah they were supposed to be like real can you imagine rebels, wearing leather but, right now no oh, Rob- Rob- <laughs> so much for those sunnies <laughs> fucking thing <laughs> It's <laughs> <laughs> amazing. pieces. I can't believe they lasted that long. But like looking at it now, I probably could have fixed it. Yeah. It just <laughs> yeah. Now they're yeah. but they were like destroyed. they're plastic. They're from the dollar store. I can get another pair of. Sunglasses. I always, I've become concerned. Like I had a bunch of really cheapo sunglasses, like dollar store type ones. But I realize that if they don't have the actual UV whatever thing they open your iris so you get exposed to more light but that you have no protection i thought there was like a legal thing about that though where if you sell sunglasses even if they're like toy sunglasses you have to have a certain amount of uv i bought mine in countries with no like legal legalities yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, my funky sunglasses collection is a serious risk to my irises you do have a funky Funky. sunglass i don't think these ones are uh, uv 
I can barely see through these ones. They're so scratched up. Oh, yeah. Where'd you get them in Canada? Where'd I get these ones? Value? Value Village, yeah. Oh, who knows then? Two ninety nine, my friends. They're really nice. They're actually a really nice color. Probably like twice of what I should pay for them, but... They're like a really nice color. Yeah, it's not bad, you know? my It kind of brings out my beautiful blue eyes, so... Do you guys know... Yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. Do you guys know the rapper Ghetto Socks? No. He's this rapper from Halifax, and he's like pretty... He's pretty successful, like he first got successful by being down like you know classified is yep so he's first like down classified but now he tours with uh, herbalizer yeah and um he he's kind of he's got this like really distinct look where he you know dresses like really hip-hop you know with the baseball caps or whatever and the the adidas sneakers but he also like wears these um these glasses without frame like without uh lenses yeah and uh, a friend of mine was living in Halifax for a while and, like, and uh, went over to his house and apparently he has one of those, like, glasses, like, what would you call that? Yeah, like that? a display or a stand. Collection. Yeah, like this, a, yeah a display, yeah, yeah. like, stand or whatever. Yeah. And it's just, like, he's got all different colors of all these glasses without lenses. No in. Lenses. Without lenses. It's awesome. You've got to match yeah. your gear. That yeah, it's, yeah, it's weird. Yeah. People who don't need to wear glasses wear glasses makes me really angry <laughs> <laughs> I, I knew people like that cause, but it was people in Korea where having like small eyes is like a very you know they're very self-conscious about their eye size so if you have really yeah if you're a westerner you get like oh big eyes comments oh, all the time really and so I, I knew, knew I knew people who they would wear glasses because it sort of it would make your eyes look bigger and distract a little bit okay. and then I knew at least they wear like magnifying glasses, like some really thick Coke bottle. Like they couldn't yeah. actually see anything yeah, as walking the walls. I knew one person like that character in Office Space. Yeah. <laughs> uh, or uh, the guy from uh, shit. I don't watch. From that Stone Temple Pilots video. Yeah, totally. What I was thinking about. <laughs> yeah, um, that was it. Yeah. But yeah, people would wear glasses without frames, which was which was very annoying. Like at least put a fake frame. Around it. Oh, so it would just be glass. It would just be no. It would just be the yeah. Well, it would just be the people. Yeah, frame. people do oh, yeah. that shit now yeah. too, right? Like, I remember I was in Toronto the first time I saw that being sold at a store. Like, they were like Ray Bans, like yours, but yeah. with like clear yeah. lenses. Yeah. I hate that. Like, what are you doing? Here? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's it's strange. I mean, it, it brings it all back to the bling ring when you get to go in. Like one of the things in that movie that was actually interesting was seeing the inside of Paris Hilton's closet. Actual closet. <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty nice. It's probably the size of this house. It's, you know, it's just, it's yeah. kind of like, uh, it just keeps on going, you know? What do you yeah. think should happen to Paris Hilton? <laughs> what should Oh my to god. Uh, well, what, I, think what, I think what they did to her on South Park, probably nothing can eclipse that. What did they do to her? Yeah. They shoved a pineapple up inside of her, and then an entire, I think she got swallowed by someone else's ass. <laughs> I know, I, I know, yeah. I know this, this. I know this rapper, and I'm like, I'll, I'll, bef- I'll preface this story by by telling you, I don't know how much I believe this story, yeah. but he said he's he's actually originally from Boston and spent a lot of time in New York, and now lives in Paris, so he's been around, not in Paris Hilton, but he <laughs> he um he had a friend or he met someone who apparently was part of Paris Hilton's entourage was. I can't, I can't remember what role he played, if he was a security guard or if he was just something. He was in the entourage. And he said that, like, a typical night out with Paris Hilton to the club would mean, like, they would get their VIP booth, Paris Hilton would do a whole load of cocaine, 
go find a guy on the dance floor, go to the bathroom with him, have sex with him, come back to the VIP room, start crying about how she's a slut and she hates herself. Yeah. And then break out a bunch of coke. And everyone in the entourage has to do coke because she can't do coke by herself. Right. So then everyone does coke and then she just goes out and does the same thing. It's just like that's her cycle. <laughs> oh my god. Which it doesn't seem unbelievable, but I mean you have to take it with a grain of salt because this is a this is like a fourth third knows, or fourth hand yeah. story. Yeah. Whatever in in her interview with, you know, whatever magazine she's probably claiming that she's a virgin like all, all the other female you know, like like celebrities that age or whatever. Yeah. Like, yeah. Everyone's, you know, it's, it's really, really strange. Do people still claim that? I don't know if that really yeah, happens anymore. Like it like it was like definitely a 90s fad, probably. So I think she's clearly saying like she's a virgin. Well, yeah, no, no, for but sure. Maybe she just got her hymen reconstructed. Yeah, yeah. It's there back. you go. It's back. She, like, that's, one night chump, only. that's chump change for her. One, yeah. night, <laughs> <laughs> one night only. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so uh, Dead End Street.
Oh yeah, we're back. That was um, not Come Dancing by the Kinks. That was Dead End Street <clears throat> by the Kinks. You guys love Come Dancing. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> 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 like yeah. What, what's that? Called, uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I've actually played that song before. Steel drums, maybe. Steel drums. Steel drums. Yeah. Don't put steel drums in anything. Yeah. Yeah. Unless it's. Yeah. I don't know. Unless it's something Caribbean or something. Not but it's just so f- fun to watch them play, you know, like, yeah. such a wild instrument. True, and, and fun to play. Xylophones. So. Oh, there's a, like, I live on a, I live on a street where the next street over has, like, bays, and in one of the bays, this person has a steel drum mm-hmm. on their, like, like, at, at where their, like, sidewalk to their house meets this, like, the public sidewalk. And it and it's like all just in the front yard. Like. Yeah, and it's like it's like in there. It's like on. It's like in wood stakes that are in the ground. And Amazing. at in like you know, have you ever looked in this steel drum? Cause yeah, it, it's like little divots. Or yeah, like it has different like flat surfaces, and yeah. like the different flat surfaces have a different note. Yeah. And so all, like someone wrote with like a, a black marker all the notes the on the. I think so, so it's like to teach people how to play the steel drum outside their house. I wonder if you just would go there. Would it collect water? Like, because it's I like would a imagine. So you'd have to dump it out. Yeah. There's so many mosquitoes. Yeah. So many mosquitoes. Yeah, yeah we should we should call somebody. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Call, call yeah. 311 and complain. <laughs> I wonder who lives there. Like, I've never, like, I haven't thought about that in a long time, actually, mm. because that that's, like, by my parents' house, and I haven't seen it since I've lived at my parents' house, so it's been some years. You're going to have to do some research, I think, Rob. I think I might have to like hit the archives tomorrow morning. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Let's go down to the library, see, see if they can help you out. It's actually really difficult to make, though. It was. Well, yeah. yeah, I don't know how you get. You just dense. They probably to took sounds. a vacation to a third world country and uh, exploited you know. the locals. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, had but they had this two in one deal where you could we could buy uh, steel drum making and sex. Oh <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 Thailand. Um, <laughs> Do they have steel drums in Thailand? Yeah, <laughs> but, they have, but they have the classes. <laughs> yeah, this is definitely not uh, you know like uh, yeah, well researched any of this. Yeah, well researched, <laughs> but it will be. <laughs> Tune in next time. Yeah, next episode we'll iron all this out. No. So um, the king. I don't know if you guys are folk fest goers. I think the last time or the time before that that I went, Ray Davies was yeah, I saw at the folk fest. Yeah, yeah, I just remember. He like because he was you know one of the headliners. I don't know if it was the last night or the second last night, but he was like the last person of that evening. Yeah, you know because he's a pretty big name, I guess. And um, trying to get the crowd to sing along to songs, yeah. and the crowd not, I guess, no singing to his expectation. Oh. There was one song I don't remember which one it was, but there was one that he started like maybe five, maybe six times over again. Like, come on, you guy, like you know. Yes. Yeah, yeah, he just stopped playing. He's like. You're not singing enough. This That's isn't... so annoying. Is it? Is <laughs> again, there's like ten or twenty thousand people oh, yeah. looking at him, so it's like you know. Yeah, it's like come on, Winnipeg. Yeah, yeah. It was that was an interesting performance. It was just him playing with like his like his like you know guest guitarist, his buddy on guitar, yeah. who was like this crazy guitarist, right? And I don't know. It was like kind of like seeing a, a Kings cover band, I guess. Like yeah, it didn't. I mean, it's hard to like. Rock with songs is the same on a with two acoustic people, guitar. Acoustic yeah. guitar. So yeah. let's like name like a really famous band who would be like playing the MTS Center, like like, like an old band, like CCR or something. CCR, Skinner. yeah, John, John Fogarty. Yeah. Okay, so let's go with CCR. Would you rather see CCR now at the MTS Center, or would you rather go to like the Windsor and see like a wicked CCR cover band? <laughs> 
I think the latter. Keeping in mind, keeping, keeping in, in mind, mind ticket pr- ticket prices. Keep, oh well, yeah. I was oh. just gonna say keeping in mind my financial position. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like probably uh, go to the Windsor or just stay at home. Because <laughs> like when I like I went to the Windsor on New Year's Eve to see that uh, Rolling Stones cover band. Oh yeah, yeah. And I think I probably had more fun at that show than I would have at the Rolling Stones at MTS Center. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Totally. Keep in mind, I'm not a big Rolling Stones fan. So and, that might have had something to do with it. And there's probably more people that you are friends with. Than <laughs> yeah, know, like young in, a, in a smaller yeah. area. <clears throat> well, in, at the Windsor, too, right? Then at the MTS Center, where it's like a sh- you know, shit but show, can I swear? Is, that is, it, is it like f- even fun to, to see a show at MTS Center? Like, not really. Not really. Like, it's kind of like you know, you sit, either you just sit there, or it's, it's better, I guess, if you're on the floor. I saw Arcade Fire when, when I was on the floor. Are pretty, they big enough to play fun. MTS Center? I guess so, eh? Yeah, they played, uh, yeah, I caught the set list at oh, the MTS oh. Center. Did you cry? I, I, I wept for a good 12 hours yeah. yeah was it like just the most magical night of your life I just like have it framed hang over <laughs> up, like right above my bed so I can like look at it you know kind of as I just drift out to sleep that, yeah. yeah yeah never forget it when he win like pointed at me you know whoa <laughs> no when I, I was just lucky when I just saw, sell it when I saw Wu-Tang yeah. you have to give high fives to most of them that's fun. Still haven't watched that. I patted uh, what's his name on the back Fields. a couple times. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Who? Lee Fields. I patted him on his oh, yeah. sweaty back twice. It was a good time. That's cool. Was he into it? Uh yeah. I, yeah. I, yeah, yeah. I, we we exchanged some words. You know. Yeah. So many. <laughs> he was weirded out. I think that I kept trying to touch yeah. him. <laughs> yeah. It was funny. It was a good show though. Was that your favorite show from the Jazz Fest this year? I well, my favorite show that was during the Jazz Fest was probably the Besnard Lake show that wasn't part of Jazz Fest, but it was during the Jazz Fest. Yeah. So that was that wasn't part of. Jazz no, Fest. it wasn't actually. I think it was just because they're going to Slate Island and they probably never even got to play. I would imagine, but mm-hmm. being a larger kind of piece band too. But oh, that was a great show. Oh, I mean, Besnard Lakes were great. What's your favorite show you've ever seen in Winnipeg? In Winnipeg? Yeah. <clears throat> oh, Christ. Or or if that's too hard, period. <laughs> yeah. I'm about to move the Best show ever? I don't know. Come on, guys. I'm trying to get some. Well, well, well they're, well, they're thinking. Ever would be oh, okay. when I saw Ghostface in New York. Oh, really? That yeah. sounds crazy. What yeah. year? Should have gone to that. That was. Uh, wow. No. I wish. <laughs> like, what was it? 2009? That's pretty cool. Yeah, Grand Puba came out. Oh, really? Yeah, Raekwon came out. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was fun. Like, oh, out of really? nowhere, just like... Yeah. 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 I guess That's New York. Yeah, it was the best show. The crowd was awesome. Yeah. The crowd in Winnipeg, like, when I saw him a couple years ago, it was, yeah. like, the worst. Yeah, yeah, I saw that show, too. That was that was a really disappointing show. Yeah. I saw I saw Wu-Tang in Minneapolis. The It was their first tour after ODB had died. Whoa. Yeah, it w- and that was, like, crazy because one of the craziest moments was when they did Shimmy Shimmy Ya and the whole crowd did the lyrics, which yeah. is kind of standard. It's like any time any yeah. Wu-Tang member plays now, they do that, and the crowd does it, and it's like, whatever. But that was, like, the first time I'd experienced that. Yeah. And it was at, like, in Minneapolis at First Ave, and it was packed. And, yeah. like, the yeah. whole audience was just, like, doing all the lyrics to Shimmy Shimmy Ya. Yeah. It was, like, right after ODB had died, yeah. too. It was, like, pretty mind-blowing. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what like. Uh, there's a couple. Well, of, obviously, a couple of, of fire at MCS Center. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I caught the settlers. <laughs> yeah. yeah, 
Yeah, no, well, I guess we saw, like, I saw uh, King Kong and the Shrines play in New York, and that was just, like, a super fun, wild, wild, wild show, you know, like, super wild. And uh, Ariel Pink, actually, in Minneapolis recently was, like, super wild, too. He was just losing his mind, basically, like, super fun. Uh, yeah, I don't know, like, in Winnipeg, I'm, I'm not sure, like, in terms of, like, the show, maybe, like, uh, what was it? Oh, Christ, I can't remember the band name now. Um, Monoton, remember those guys that like just like climbed all up in the rafters of the. Oh yeah, I remember hearing about it. Didn't they oh, go um, outside? Too? Yeah, they went outside in the tree, and then the yeah. guys like, "Look at me!" I'm like, you don't, you kind of lose track of the lead singer because you're doing like this crazy drum solo in the back lane behind the pyramid. Yeah, and then and then this uh, Monotonics is the name of the band. Yeah, yeah. and then that, I this guy about climbed, that band, but I remember hearing yeah. about what a great show that yeah. was. He climbed up into the tree and was like. And then all you know, you didn't really notice. And then all of a sudden, you hear him yell like, "Look at me! I'm up in the tree, and I'm going to jump down now!" And he just like <laughs> jumps out of the tree into the crowd, like, and they just like you know, now he's just like crowd surfing, and he's like up in the rafters, and yeah, it's pretty wild. <laughs> Does anyone? Have, have, what's that like? Japan? Was it Japanther? Mm-hmm. Yeah, is that a band? That is, that that is, a, that band. is a band. There's but there's also there's a couple of androids. But there's one more, isn't there? There's like that band, like that hipster band from Brooklyn called Japan something. The main, t- I think the two main ones are Japanther and Japan. Maybe it's Japanther. I heard they put on a really good show at the local Japanese. I didn't go to. Those are white guys. Yeah, they're half Japanese, half black. Really? No. What? <laughs> Yeah. Half Japanese is pretty white. I was watching. There's like a documentary about them. Really? Yeah, and it's really bad quality. But I, I make, <laughs> and it's like three hours. Is I, it the band Aaron was talking about? No, Half Japanese. Oh, I didn't know that was a band. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, I don't really know much about that. Me band. neither. I don't know why I found out. <laughs> I wasn't even sure if that was a band. To yeah. Be honest. <laughs> well, I won't get into like yeah this documentary. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, uh, it's moving on. on, moving on along. Um. Yeah, well, we're going to play the last song, but uh, before we do, should we do a little rundown? Yeah, so um, f- thank you for listening. Yeah, hey. Tourist Police Radio. How's it going, guys? Thanks, yeah. Rain and Aaron, for being on the show. Oh, yeah, thanks for having us. Um, you guys may, may or may not have said before, but you should uh, mention where people can keep up to date with you. Let's start with you, Rain. Uh... I don't really have anywhere people can keep <laughs> up with you. Oh, you have a website? You have a Vimeo, you have a Tumblr. I have a Vimeo. It'll come up if you just Google my name. Yeah, Rain, Rain Vermeer. Vermeer. I didn't buy, I, I can't afford the pro account, so I have like, Doesn't my really Vimeo matter. account is like slash numbers, so I don't know yeah, what they yeah. are. I, well, should, I used to I look should, up Rain Vermeer on Vimeo. I should say R-H-A-Y-N-E-R-M-E-T-T-E. Yeah. You have like a Tumblr too? What's the Tumblr? Oh yeah, I have a Tumblr. It's mbcoldstorage.com. Oh, yeah, Manitoba Cold Storage. That's good. I love that. And what kind of stuff do you usually DJ for the people who might want to come check you out? DJ what kind of stuff met. do I play? Yeah. Or where? Uh, where and what kind of stuff? Or off, yeah, Anywhere, random places. Yeah, I don't really have a schedule or anything like that. Yeah. Well, what do you, is that your DJ name or do you have a different name that you DJ on? No, I just have one name. <laughs> My name's good, yeah. But yeah, uh, I don't know. I'll, you know, I'm, I play around. Hip hop mostly, soul music, disco. Cool. What kind of and stuff do you put? Sorry, what kind of stuff do you put on your Tumblr? I'm just kind of curious. Uh, photos. That you take, or do you just like find stuff? Photos that I take, stuff? and then some artwork that I'm. Oh, like doing, collage, mixed media stuff. stuff. And photos of my cats. 
That's cool. <laughs> Everyone likes photos of cats. Yeah. And uh, you right. have a documentary on Rob Villar, which, mm, w- when is that scheduled for? It's going to be coming out next year. Okay. And that'll um, be on MTS? On or? MTS and APTN, apparently. APTN, cool. Yeah. Aaron? Um, yeah, I have a, I have a website, uh, AaronZegers.com. It's pretty pretty complicated. Spell it. A-A-R-O-N, last name is Zegers, Z-E-G-H-E-R-S.com. And, uh, yeah, I, everything's on Vimeo, too. I mean, like, all my films are up on the website. I've got some photography and some writing on the website. I also I have a blog called Cineflyer uh, that I inherited uh, from Clint Enns when he moved out of town, another local film, formerly Winnipeg filmmaker. And it's just about, like, the Winnipeg film scene and just... I haven't been keeping it up as much as I would like lately because I've been busy with a bunch of projects, but uh, hopefully I can start doing that a little bit again. And where can they keep up with um, Open City and Winnipeg Underground Film Festival? Yeah, exactly. Oh, uh, Open City Cinema is uh, is kind of like the lead, or the, the organization behind the Winnipeg Underground Film Festival, and we do an ongoing screening series. Every two weeks to a month, we're basically doing a screening, and it's everything from like fun... Uh, campy cult films like Clifford coming up uh, to uh, you know more serious like avant-garde films like there's a filmmaker to- uh, Tony Conrad coming to town that we're hopefully going to be doing a short film screening of uh, some of his work and contemporary works that are influenced by him and uh, so it's really all across the board in terms of that so you can uh, uh, find out about Open City Cinema on Facebook is the best bet and if you're not on Facebook we actually have a Tumblr as well with uh, posters and info on all the upcoming events one last question. What is the thing you're most proud of that you've ever done? Rain, go. Good question. Raise manners. Yeah. <laughs> What's I'm not. I'm not no. no? But the proudest thing I've ever done? Yeah. Aaron, if you have an answer, you can jump in while Rain thinks. Oh, Lord. Actually, like, I had, like, when I was, uh, I think, uh, 16... My like I had like a, like a, a young you know like a girlfriend right like a, you that know. was the proudest and and, 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 and she said, and she actually asked me the same question because she was like her father had asked her this question but this you, is like a very could, but you couldn't respond because you I hadn't caught the set list at the arcade <laughs> fire show yet no I had no idea I was sixteen I hadn't done anything I was proud yeah. of and I, and I don't know like uh, you know I'm proud of you know my films and I'm proud of putting on Wuff this year that was really. Really that was fun. great, by the way. That was great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it turned out really great, and uh, and we. It's interesting because most festivals and things like this have like some kind of like government funding in Canada. Yeah. It doesn't really exist in the states, um, and so uh, and and in a lot of other countries. So a lot of other festivals can't don't pay like some of the biggest festivals in the states. Ann Arbor Film Festival don't pay filmmakers for the films that get played there. They charge admission. They you know pay all the projectionists and the promotion people, but, but they not don't. The people are not actually making the not art. the people that are making the art. Yeah, and uh, and that seems completely, especially when you're charging thirty five dollar entry fee. That seems totally insane. I played festivals like that too, like where it's yeah. weird because they'll ask people to come from out of town and then they charge at the door and then you don't get paid. It's like what's happening here? Yeah, exactly. Who's getting paid? But uh, yeah, but luckily we made enough money off of uh, off of our sales that uh, that we can actually afford to pay all the filmmakers uh, something. And we're doing it like every film gets paid the same amount. It's not based on duration, but uh, so it's great that we're able to pay people something at least. And it's not the best like I think hopefully we can uh, try and get better yet but uh, I mean considering that there's film festivals out there that are hugely successful that don't pay filmmakers at all uh, a first year film festival uh, that doesn't have any government funding or any kind of outside support corporate sponsorship or anything being able to pay the 
film festival is definitely something I'm yeah. proud of. But yeah, hey, cool. hey, filmmakers, awesome. That's cool. Rain, have you thought of something? No. Okay, so who you're playing the, the last song? Oh, yeah. yeah but we should maybe mention where people can find other episodes because oh, yeah. this is oh, episode yeah. something. But there's a whole bunch of other ones that um, depends where you're listening to this. But if you're on, there's over thirty episodes. Over thirty, and uh, go to witchpolice.com for other podcasts, previous ones, or lots of music, local and otherwise. And you can get, you can find them on find us on Twitter at witchpolicefm. Yeah. Um, we we have there's a Facebook too, which we are the radio. We are the witch police. I don't know. Just Google witch yeah, police. In there. <laughs> Who the <laughs> fuck knows? In the You'll find it. <laughs> you see yeah. The internet. yeah, exactly. It does thinking for us. Yeah, it does, right? <laughs> have you seen? There's this Twitter account which is amazing. It's Google Poetry, and the the person who runs it just um, puts in like two words into Google search, yeah. and then like all these options come up, and then he just makes a poem out of that. Huh. Hmm. It's great. You should check it out. I don't know what I don't know what it's called, but just Google Google Poetry. It'll do the thinking yeah. for you. Yeah, that should be their new slogan. It helps to add yeah. easy at the end of any search too. I find <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> or simple, you know, like then you get it like faster. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I still I just use Ask Jeeves. So. Is that still a thing? I don't think so. That was really good, though. When I used that when it came it, out. Because you could phrase it like a question. Right? Yeah. Instead of being like, books plus, <laughs> uh, you know, this Heaps author plus, you know. But now you don't even need to so form a like, sentence. You don't need to do anything now. It forms just, it for you. They figure it out for you. Yeah, you just, you know. Yeah. Like, you, oh, just need a, you just need a vague idea. Okay, to my veins, that's all I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. I just want to be able to think something and just... One day... One day we'll have chips in our heads, and it'll just be like, like I'll be googling mm, something right now, and yeah. Mm, chips. <laughs> Is that a Simpsons reference? Nope. Okay. <laughs> I just feel like some nachos, man. You read my mind. <laughs> yeah. Let's end this podcast and go get totally. some nachos. Christine yeah. McVie, No Road, off uh, I think it's Christine Perfect, which came out in 1970. Who is she? Where is she from? What's her deal? She's from Fleetwood Mac. Some of her solo work. Uh, it's a good song. She talks about all these misleading roads, and I thought, you know, works with the notions of banality. So, you know, it's it's funny. I think Cannibal Ox uses it as a oh sample. yeah. I know this. What, yeah, what song? No road. No, what's uh, what's, what? Cannibal oh, what's the Cannibal Ox one? one? Yeah. Yeah. It's um. It's funny that no one yeah. used the song title that had the word alley in it, though. This might be the first I episode. avoided right. Blind Alley, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I almost I almost played a, a, a Cybotron al- a song called Alleys of the Mind, but then I didn't like it that much. I didn't yeah. play it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I only had one alley song in my iTunes. I can't remember what it was. Yeah. It wasn't good. Because when I, when I first heard that this was going to be the theme, I was like, no problem. Like, alley is such, like, so rich in metaphor. <clears throat> Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it actually was kind of difficult to come up with. Yeah. Just, I didn't I find just, nearly as much as I expected to. Yeah. Yeah. I just took it as like the streets, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, not the like, band, but. <laughs> just but, like uh, the streets. Like, yeah, you yeah, took it but to like, the streets asking yeah. people. Yeah, I like, just took it to the streets. I was <laughs> like, what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? Okay, seriously, not Jews. <laughs> okay, well, thanks for listening. And uh, Aaron and Rain, thanks very much for yeah. coming. We it's really appreciate nice. it. And, uh, and uh, yeah, it was it was a fun episode. And uh, introduce your song one last time. Christine McVie, No Road. All right, uh, Witch Police Radio. See you next time.
Thank、you